What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Moments like seeing my son's team cheer him on mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer or MBC, which is breast cancer that has spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palbociclib. Ibrance 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit Ibrance.com. Ibrance may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrands, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Welcome back. All the smoke. Jack, we got a good one today, man. Back at it. We got a good one. We had LaMarcus Aldridge first. That was a dope-ass interview, but I think this is the one 
We've been waiting on all trip, man. We went on you all trip. What's up, baby? What's Yo, up? What's happening with you, man? <laughs> it's good, good, man. Hey, they've been asking Stop. for this one, they've bro. They've been asking for they've you. They've been asking for this, yeah. You know and that. before Lamarcus, we, you know, it's crazy. Before you start, I see Lamar. We was filming like two days ago. I see Lamarcus Ultras. He ain't know about our show, so he's walking by. I'm like, Yo, come in here, man. He like, you're some fucking harassing me. I'm like. <laughs> How's your health, bro? Are you all right, my nigga? Because we wanted to talk to the nigga, but he didn't even know what the fuck we had going on. Shout out to Marcus Aldridge, man. Yeah, yeah. It is what it is. It's a show. Come fuck with us there sometime, my yeah. nigga. He was yeah. dope, too. Like, because, yeah. you know, he's someone that don't really speak. So right. he came and broke down a gang. We had a, we had a blast with him. That's what's up. But really, bro, I mean, how the, the transition has been a beautiful. Thank I mean, you, man. I think you've, Congrats, you've, you've, Thank taken, you, man. You've, you've taken this lane, you know, by surprise and, and created your own lane. Thank been you. able to capitalize off it financially and just other business, you know, ventures as well. But how did the process start? You originally started It Is What It Is. I think you was by yourself and, and old girl. Yeah. And uh, tell us how that whole process came about. Stat. Yeah. Yeah. Stat. Yeah. Um, first of all, thank you guys. Because niggas like y'all made it possible for a person like me to even entertain this. Because mm. a lot of times niggas just be corny. And I'd be like, yo, this is just a whole corny lane. Like, I don't even <laughs> want to fuck with this shit, period. But so many people was coming to me like, yo, do a podcast. Uh, be on our podcast. Do and I'm like, I don't really want to talk to niggas for a living. Like, if I had to talk to niggas for a living, I don't want to do it. And I love sports. I always watch sports and shit. So I'm like, look. It's no real niggas talking how we talk with a professional setting in the mm -hmm. background. So I said to myself, look, I'm going to get the suits. I'm going to build a set. And then when you get up there or when you watch it, you're going to be like, oh, nah. What the fuck going on? Like when, we first, when I did the first couple episodes, niggas said, yo, they got Cam talking like this on ESPN. They didn't know what the fuck was going right, on. Right, official. Yeah, because the set was mm -hmm. there and everything. So I just took a chance on me and was like, I'm going to try to do sports, but do sports my way. I'm very knowledgeable on sports, maybe not as knowledgeable or the experience you niggas got, but at the end of the day, I watch sports. Like, I'm gonna be on the phone arguing with niggas for two hours about sports. You look at your phone and it's an hour, 17 minutes about arguing with sports anyway. And you was doing it for free. Right, for no reason. So, I built the set. I got, you know, I got production company down in Miami. Uh, and that was it. My man felt the talent. That was behind the scenes in the beginning. We had a girl named Esmeralda. She was a dope moderator, but you know, sometimes I would throw it to her and she wouldn't know what the fuck was going on. No disrespect to Esmeralda. She's mm -hmm. a really dope uh, moderator, very professional, very very good cadence. So I don't want to throw no shade on her name. So hopefully she's doing well as doing well right now. But stat no sports. She goes to school for that shit. She went to the University of Miami. So the first couple episodes, I had my old coach on there. Shout out to my man Dave. And I had a, I didn't even have uh, Esmeralda. I had another lady. And um, they was cool. They was real good. But they was doing, you know, sometimes these lights and shit fuck niggas yeah, up. They freeze. So then when so when you say, my, not say my coach wasn't good, he was good. But then when the camera cut, he started talking mad shit. And I'm like, yo, bro, you got to do this when the camera's on. He's doing mm -hmm. all this crazy shit, throwing the phone, all type <laughs> of shit when the camera's off. Right. So I shot two episodes last November. Shot an episode in December. Uh, took Christmas off. I uh, was going to come back January. My mom got sick. She got diagnosed with cancer January 8th. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, and um, from January, she died February 9th, so... For like a month, I just had to sit there and watch my mom die, like literally in the hospital, you know, because, you know, she got to the hospital stage for cancer. It wasn't even like she wasn't feeling well before that. Like, we was cool. She just had a problem breathing one day, 
and uh, she she's in the hospital for a month. So I sat there for a month and watched my mother die. And um, that shit fucked me up for a minute. Got myself back together. So let me pick the show back up. Invited Mace as a guest. Mace liked the energy. Uh, he asked me to be partners. I said, uh, I'll, put, I'll put up a quarter mil of you. And he said, I'll match it. I said, I ain't, I ain't spend it yet, which we never had to spend a quarter mil, but he wanted to match it. So we became partners and that's mm -hmm. how we kicked the show off. That's dope. So how to, 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 to backtrack a little bit, because obviously there was some, some, some friction between you and Mace. So obviously you guys had squashed it before that, but what was it like being able to reconnect with him? And then, I mean, so I don't think y'all knew how big this was going to be, but what was that process like kind of healing that friendship first and then becoming business partners um, again? Yeah, like, nah, Mace gave me my gave me an opportunity to get my first record deal. You know, he had his record deal. So we was playing high school basketball. Um, I was 15, All-America coming out of high school. I was supposed to go to University of Miami. We was 23 and 0 my senior year. Lost in the first round of playoffs. I never went back to school. Fuck the SATs, fuck everybody. <laughs> I just never went back to school. Sound like you. <laughs> yeah. So then, so then I, um... So then fucking like July came and I'm like, everybody's like, yo, what school are you going to? And I'm like, damn, I didn't even finish school. So uh, it's like, a, you know, a street street uh, vendor, I would say. My man Rodney Parker, he passed away. Because I stopped speaking to the University of Miami and everything. And I went down to Texas. I went to a school called Navarro Junior College. Navarro, yeah. Yeah, of course, I came to Texas. So I went down there, uh, redshirted my first year. I tore all my ligaments in my ankle. So I redshirted my first year. And just got in wild trouble. Like, you know, everybody know Walmart now. Like, Walmart wasn't in New York in 1994. And Walmart now wasn't like it is in 1994. Like, Walmart, you go get Doritos, it. potato chips, and a shotgun. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, and I just was buying guns and shit and ended up getting in wild. <laughs> we won't get into what I, got, what I did, but <laughs> just got kicked out of school. So when I got kicked out of school, Mason's older than me. He had a record deal. Well, about to get his record deal. And he got signed with Bad Boy, so I never went back to school after that. I just mm -hmm. started running around with him. When he got his deal and started selling three, four million records, he took me to Biggie Smalls. Biggie Smalls gave me my first record deal. He passed away, and so on and so forth. So just giving you a history of how we got to with Mace. So Mace, um, he did a video for me, his first video, my first video, 357, which was dope. And then I had another single with him called Horse and Carriage. And he didn't do that video, so my label started gassing me, like, yo, why your, your man ain't doing the video? He want 50000 to do the video. So I started feeding into that shit, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, or this nigga out here funny charging me for the video, this, that, and the third. So we kind of fell out over that, got cool again. Then, you know, he went to church. I kind of didn't understand it at the time, because that's like my man all, the all day, and I'm like, where church come from? So I started bugging out on him because of that, like, so or to be honest with you, the whole shit was my fault. And um, just not understanding the kind of path he was on at the time. So I was kind of was going at him on records and shit. And he was ignoring me and shit. Then one day he made the Oracle and kind of mm -hmm. kind of flushed me one day. I was like, that was pretty tough. <laughs> that, was, that was tough. The Oracle was tough. Yeah. But you know, when he made the Oracle, I felt like. You brought him back. Nah, not that. Because Mace still can rhyme. Mace just do it when he wanted to do I felt mm -hmm. like. Like uh, Denzel in Training Day when the nigga threw him on the ground to shotgun, you'd be like, yeah, leave that nigga alone. That's that nigga right there. Because I know the nigga could really rhyme. So um, we got cool again last year sometime. I tried to put a tour together. Tour didn't go well. 
And uh, we just stayed cool after that, you know what I'm saying? And one thing about Mace, he always going to be cool, but if we making some real money, he going to stick around, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Not saying he going to call you or do nothing else, but me and him is on the same page. If it's some real money, we going to stick around. But um, when we started speaking again, we were speaking for like 12, 13, maybe 14 years, but it picked back right back up. Well, I know since up. I was 9, 10 mm-hmm. years old. So it's like we didn't even skip it skip a beat. As soon as we got together, we start laughing about the same shit we was laughing about before. Start talking about the same old shit. So as soon as we healed that relationship, it was like the 15 years didn't even matter. We just picked up from the day we stopped speaking. So it was real cool. That's dope. Congratulations. We saw you sign Mark Jackson. Yeah. Well, no, we didn't sign Mark Jackson. Let's be real clear on that. Mark wants to be real clear on that. So what's going on with that? We partnered with Mark Jackson. Uh, Pardon me. Um, I got tired of what the fuck they was doing to Mark, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, we all were. Yeah, up. you know what I'm saying? That shit was some real bullshit what they was doing to Mark. So um, I call, I, I text Mark. I got his number. So as soon as that happened, I'm like, yo, Mark, you could make some bread with this podcast shit. And then we started talking numbers and shit. And he like, he was telling me what he was making. And I'm not going to put his business out there with ESPN. And I'm like, Mark, give me an opportunity to make you more than what you making now, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm not, I'm not saying I don't want to talk nobody business or nothing, but it wasn't. It's no reason that we should me be me doing sports should even be in the same conversation financially with Mark Jackson. You know what I'm saying? So uh, we was talking for months. Soon as he um, got fired or let go, however you want to fucking put it from ESPN, I reached right out, yo Mark, yo Mark, yo Mark, and he like, yo, I kill it, I, 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 I. I. So this is going on for like two months. And I'm like, Mark, I'm telling you. Because you know, you got to realize when I when I started to think about it, you got to think about this. This is about to be something totally new for Mark. Mark, when you think about his career, right? Man went, goes to high school. He goes to St. John's. He goes to the NBA. So you got a job when you go to the NBA. You got the NBA, you're coaching. So you got a job when you're coaching. When you're not coaching, you're announcing. You have a job. So Mark been having a job all these years, so I'm not saying he was scared to be his own boss or step in a new space. This is just what he's used to. So when I'm presenting all this stuff to him, like, yo, nigga, you ain't got to work for niggas no more, nigga. Niggas ain't going to fire you no more. Niggas are just shit, and you're going to make just as much or not more money. He was kind of hesitant on it. And then Mark was like, so what you get out of it? And I was like, oh, I get a little something out of shit. Like, like, you like, yo, you know, because I ain't trying to get robbed or nothing. And I'm like, yo, bro, where the fuck in America I'm going to go out rob Mark Jackson? Nigga, you you right under McDonald's of, like, fucking cleansliness, nigga. It's Mark Jackson. It's McDonald's, then it's Mark Jackson, nigga. I can't go into 7-Eleven I rob Mark Jackson. Nobody trying to get over on you. So... He's hesitant. He says, I said, Mark, can I come meet you? So I tell the nigga Mace, I say, yo, I'm going to take a duffel bag to Mark, yo, until we get these papers together. Mace's like, how much you take it? I'm like, I'm taking a quarter ticket to him. He's like, I bet. I'm come grab 252. So I went and got on the jet, went to meet Mark, had the bag. Mark said, what's this? I said, it's yours. So we get all the paperwork and everything. He said, I can't take this. I said, Mark, I'm just trying to let you know I'm serious, dead serious yeah. my nigga. So Mark was like, you know, we we talked about the you know having his own show coming on our show, uh, you know, a couple times to present his own show, and he was you know 
it took him off. It took him a while just because I believe he thought we was trying to get over on him. We bought Underdog Fantasy in, um, got him equity and Underdog Fantasy, some stock options, ownership in the company, and he started seeing that when he started seeing the ownership and the equity he could get, uh, and went like that. So. He didn't take the money though. He's like, I'm not taking that back. I was like, <laughs> I was like, Mark, it's yours. I'm not leaving with it. But he didn't take the money. But that's how serious we was. We we went over there with some bread and said, Mark, we just here to show you cash, nigga. This yours. You don't even gotta worry about it. We'll use this when the deal get done. And uh, that's how serious me and Mace was about just one Mark to get his own money and not niggas playing with that nigga like that where they could be like, oh, we're going through budget cuts so we can't have you here and so on and so forth because. Nigga, I don't even know if, how the NBA Finals going to go this year without Jeff Van Gundy and Mark. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm used to hearing the last 10, 11, 12 years or whatever. So I'm just happy that Mark gave us the opportunity to do this. So, so that's he'll come I'm, out in 24? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's gonna. We ain't figured the dates out. We just literally, literally signed paperwork Friday. Like this was like a four-month process. Okay. So, But thank you, Mark, man. for giving yeah, us for the, sure. the opportunity and – yeah, I know you ain't take our bag, but we got your bag anyway, man. So that, that's the main thing that we could do. Two, Hopefully, make more two, money than we make. Hell yeah! Two questions, real quick. One has Nia Long responded to your DM yet? You know what it is, man. My image is fucked up, man. I'm a nice guy. You know what I'm I got a fucked up image, man. Like yo, like yo, they, she got to know me. I'm a nice guy. Like yo, chicks don't really leave me after they get to know me. You know, I got all these wild ass songs, like. My number one or number two song is called Suck It or Not. Pause. Like, I got real bad image sometimes with females. So, answer is no. She didn't respond to me yet. But, uh, Nia, if you watch it, just open the DM. That's it. And that's it, man. We'll that's go it. from there. But, nah, she ain't respond yet. Um, OJ, mm -hmm. you got the juice mm -hmm. talking, talking shit. Yeah. Uh, whose idea was that and how's that process been going? Uh, it was Mace's idea. Uh, so he like like Mace come up with the idea then a, a lot of ideas and I go bust the move so I'm like damn I gotta go find OJ <laughs> I'm like where the fuck am I gonna find OJ at <laughs> I call it's funny I call Steve Stout I'm like yo Steve Stout find me OJ he said what the fuck are you calling me like I could just get in contact with OJ like I'm like you know everybody nigga he's like OJ don't care he said you fucking crazy man I said he said, but I'm Lionel Richie might know OJ. I'm going to call Lionel Richie. <laughs> I'm like, you got Lionel Richie number in your pocket, nigga, in your phone? He's like, yeah, I'll call Lionel. <laughs> Make a long story short, uh, OJ lived in Vegas. So a friend of mine who I do a lot of business out here with named Larry Smith out here in Vegas, he knew one of OJ's lawyers who knew OJ's main lawyer. And we made the call. And uh, I talked to OJ. He was with it. Uh, it was really that simple. Just once we found him, it wasn't even like no big thing to uh, get him. He was excited to do the show. And then as far as how the process goes, it's going great, man. Like OJ's really knowledgeable. Uh, you know, he has a lot of accolades that people sweep under the bus. They they just don't acknowledge it because you know you know realistic. You know, we ain't gonna have an elephant in the room. In public opinion, he's guilty in a lot of people's eyes, but he's not guilty in the court of law. So if you're not guilty in the court of law, come on the show and let's rock out. Because so many, every week when we do shit, they be like, oh, he's about to break this record. Like Christian McCaffrey had 15 touchdowns in a row. OJ had 16. So there's like in 
Next week, he's going to break somebody's record, but they won't say whose record it is. Oh, really? Yeah, like ESPN mm-hmm. or ABC, they won't say whose record it is. And then, like, uh, you know, people get 2,000 yards rushing um, football-wise, and they don't mention that OJ had 2,000 yards in a 14-game se- a fourteen game season. Mm-hmm. You know, these games, 16, 17 games. This man had 2,000 yards in a 14-game season. All these records that be getting broken – when it oh, when it's about to be OJ record is being broken, they they'll be like, "Well, he's about to break a record." They don't say whose record this shit is. <laughs> right. So um, OJ's funny niggas forget OJ was in movies. OJ yeah. was commentating all the naked guns, all the shit. Yep. Like so, he's really uh, he's really dope to have on the show. That's good. Yeah. Uh, explain your thought with new media and how it's kind of taken over the right. traditional space. Right. You know what's funny? Like a couple years ago, when I wasn't doing this, and I you know I used to hear Draymond say it a lot. You're like new media, new media, and I just watch. I'm like, you know, I'm just watching. So it's like, whatever. Media is media to me. And when I started doing this, I understand it now. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I, I kind of get what's going on because everybody's not going to be happy with what we're doing or what you guys are doing. Right. And then especially the bags that niggas is grabbing. <laughs> uh, niggas don't like that shit <laughs> at all. <laughs> they don't really like that shit, especially like you know. You got to think about this shit, right? Like, think about fucking Pat McAfee at 12 in the afternoon cursing on ESPN. In bro. a tank top. Yeah, yeah, but cursing. Fuck what he wearing. This ESPN at 12 in the afternoon. Think about all the niggas who been up there before and who still can't curse. You know what I'm saying? This niggas up there, like, they better not say shit. Two, three, seven in the morning, five in the afternoon. They better not, but that's because he leveraged his own brand to where they want to fuck with them. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's always better to bet on yourself. But as far as new media is concerned, I think it's dope because now with social media, you don't have to wait for somebody to come interview, interview you. You don't have to wait to give your opinion out. You don't have to fucking sit there and say, yo, this reporter's going to talk about me because you could get at them immediately. Like, we have a lot of fun with Skip Bayless mm-hmm. because he's, he, he, you know, that nigga's... He's annoying sometimes, you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, yo, this kind of revenge. And I fuck with, I don't know him, but I'm like, he's a staple of the sports community. We can't act like he's not. But that nigga fucks with a lot of niggas, and he knows the debates, uh, you know, it, it, it gets viewers. So anytime he's in the news, we get, we go right at skips because it's now not only do we have to talk about players, now you got a platform to win. We come on five days a week, and we could talk about the niggas that's talking about niggas. Exactly. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Yeah. They don't like that. Yeah, they don't like that shit. Yeah. Let's take a step back a bit. What was young Cam in East Harlem like? I know you was hustling and being fly. Y'all, you know, y'all always say Harlem. That's where all the swag come from. Mm-hmm. Talk about growing up in East Harlem as a young Cam. Yeah. I'm actually from West Harlem, but my grandmother's uh, from the East Side, so I'm kind of from both, because you know how you mm-hmm. go to your grandmother's house on the weekend or whatever. But yeah. Um, yeah, I'm from I'm from 140th Street and Lenox Avenue. Uh, I grew up around a lot of talent, but you don't really know it's talent when you're growing up. You got to realize, like, Sham God lives around the corner from me. Uh, Big L lives around the corner from me. Ali Mo, I don't know if y'all know Ali Mo, the Blackwood. Ali Mo, Ali Mo should have been in the league. Yeah. He should have been in the league. 
That nigga live in my building. Who y'all telling? Bro. Hey, my nigga six, eight point guard, nigga. Black like, Widow. Yeah, this is what I'm trying to tell you. But this is all <laughs> This is all in two block proximity. This is all the talent. Mace comes in my block. There's a lot of rappers and basketball players, but Ali Mo actually taught me the fundamentals of basketball. You know what I'm saying? Before I went to play for Gauchos or Riverside or anything like that. Like I'm talking about like at seven years old, like he was already good. He had brothers that played basketball. So, uh... I didn't know double dribble and walk. That nigga used to get so fucking mad at me. Like, yo, you're fucking traveling. Yo, you're fucking walking. So he taught me a lot. But Ali Mo should have definitely been in the league. But growing up there, it's just a melting pot of uh, a lot of talent. So you got drug dealers and you got people who see past drug dealers who may be selling drugs to say, I don't want to do this forever because the big time drug dealers may not see a vision of rap or may not invest in a basketball player because they didn't understand that they potentially could go to the NBA or you could potentially be a platinum artist. So like a lot of times, to be honest with me, as far as like hustling in Harlem, I didn't really get a lot of money hustling in Harlem. I didn't really get a lot of money hustling until I went to Ohio, to be honest, in Chicago, because as much as they tell you, here go $20, don't do this or don't do that, like, yo, nigga, I need Jordans. Nigga, I need, I want a rope chain. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But they wouldn't, you can't really do anything like, I had a big dust block on my block. Uh, so, like, my block was famous for selling dust. Like, Wu-Tang used to come all the time and buy mad dust from my block. Like, <laughs> Method Man. The only reason I'm saying this- Because he said it. He already said it. He, he said, said it. it. Yeah, so he that, said it. That's the only reason I'm even saying it. I, I, I used to put it in songs. I'm like, then when I seen the nigga say it, I'm like, okay, cool. I can say something about it. These niggas used to buy mad dust. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't just Method Man neither. <laughs> them niggas would come down and forth because Wu-Tang was popping. Them niggas, if they come through the block, niggas was good for like four or five days. And so the way the block was, is a one-way street. And at the end of the block is where everybody's selling dust. So me, God bless the dead, my man, Huddy Combs, Huddy Six. Uh, we always kept a little dust on us and be up the block. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, know what I'm you caught them early. Yeah, stop niggas because these <laughs> niggas are selling fucking gallon. You know, dust juice coming gallons yeah. and all that shit. Oh, we need kept a couple bundles because if we made two, three hundred, that's 15, 16 years old, that's all you really needed. And um, that would be good enough for us because them niggas would have kicked our ass if they knew we was clipping their customers yeah, like that. Short stopping. Yeah, so um, as far as that, that's that's how I was growing up on the west side. On the east side, it was like this, this guy who always was talking about, yo, Cam, when you go to the NBA, I'm going to be an agent. I'm about to start a rap label. Uh, fuck with me. Uh, he was getting a lot. He was getting a lot of money hustling, and his name was Dame Dash. And niggas used to think he was crazy and shit because he's like, I'm gonna do a record label. I'm gonna be a sports agent. I'm gonna do this, and he ended up doing all that shit. You know what I'm saying? So Dame Dash was like my right hand man. You know, Dame Dash is the one. If anybody was really getting money in the street like that in Harlem that I knew, it was him. You know what I'm saying? How old were you when you came into Dame Dash? When I first met him. Yeah, when you first met him. 11, 12 years 11, 12 old. 12 years old. Yeah. And, he, and he was in the mix. He's in the mix, yo. Like, <laughs> he's you know, in the mix. Like, on the east side, it's like, I don't want to say projects, but it's like, kind of like projects, but it's a community center there, so everybody used to go in there, play ball, talk shit, roll dice, swim. He used to throw a lot of parties. He had a lot of girls. Uh, this shit called The Best Out. And him and his crew used to have girls all the, all the time. He used to sneak in them shits and just be amazed at what the fuck they was doing. And, um... You know, he had ended up getting with Jay-Z, pardon me. And I remember um, 
we was like 15 years old. He used to put us in cabs to Jay-Z's house and follow us. I was like, damn, when I grew up, I was like, this nigga didn't give a fuck about us, man. <laughs> <laughs> because we didn't ask no questions. You know, when you 15, 16 years old, and he give you $600, $700 twice a week, nigga, that's $2 million in ninth, 10th grade. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So uh, my man Duke, I introduced him to my man Duke the God. Duke the God had a driver's license at 15 years old. In New York, you got to be 18 years old to get a driver's license. So 15 years old with a driver's license is fucking amazing. So I plugged Duke in with him. And Duke used to take mad stuff over to Jay-Z's house for Dame Dash. And um, we used to get a couple dollars out of it. So Dame was like my man. And then when I got into a bad record deal, when I got out of entertainment, me and him kind of fell out. So I went to him to apologize. And I was like, yo, Dame, because Rockefeller was at the top of the hill. I'm like, Dame, man, we did all this shit for you. I really need your help to get me out this record deal. And we wasn't even speaking the time. He, he swept that shit under the rug, helped me get out my deal, and I signed the Rockefeller, and I ain't really looked back after that. Mm-hmm. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Moments like seeing my son's team cheer him on mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palbociclib. Ibrant's 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrant's and visit Ibrant's.com. Ibrant's may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrant's may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrance, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Before we dive into music, you know we got to touch this. You say you was top 25. 94. Hard breathing, like you don't believe. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I, I seen, I seen him tell Mace he blew the game for us and all that, and, he, and I didn't believe Mace him until, until I saw the, saw, I saw the footage. Yeah, I saw the footage. He blew it. No, I missed the shot. He wanted me to pass it, but no, yeah, you blew it. But he, he, he said he said you blew the game, but you said if you would have passed him, he wasn't gonna make it anyway. I had, I, had, I had 19 points. You had two points. <laughs> you got to go with what's working. I gotta, I'm cooking. I had the most points in the game. Like, makes my man. Don't get it fucked up. Because you, know, you know why? Like, this shit comes out like twice a month. I'm like, yo, you really on this type of time. But, yo, my nigga, look, you got to realize and he'll say he was Ginobili. He did it for the sake of the team. <laughs> but he a year older than me. He a junior, I'm a sophomore. That was a, his junior year, my sophomore year. I started. And you come off the bench like. <laughs> oh, he was sacrificing for the team? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so I'm like, why am I starting over here? I'm a year younger than you talking about. Ginobili did it for the sake of the team. That's the same thing. I'm like, all right. So, yeah, yeah. He, if I got, look, man, you know, if I got 19 points, he got two points. They shooting free throws. We at Master Square Garden. That game's at Master Square Garden. This is a real NBA court, so you all the way up the court. The nigga missed the free throw. As soon as you get the, I got the Go. rebound. Going. I'm not running the play. I'm not looking. I'm looking. I'm dribbling. Literally looking at the clock. Tick down. You know. Mace like this. Yeah. You ain't score game, bro. I'm like yo, come on, man. We gonna win or we gonna lose on my merit. I, I, I'll take that. But yeah, he's he, we, that comes up twice. A fucking month still today. <laughs> Even when shit don't got done to do with basketball. Like, when we doing the show, Cam, you see, you passed to me, we win. <laughs> I'm like, yo. Because <laughs> you know, he helped me. You know, we negotiated our deal for the show. He's mm -hmm. part of negotiation. And we got, we, you know, the underdog took care of us. He's yeah. like, yeah, when you pass to me, we win. You see what happened? Mace, leave me the fuck alone about the game already. <laughs> Fine. I should have passed the ball, bro. But Mace was really good, too. It's just... 
it was really guard orientated in New during York. that time. Like, yeah. you know, we playing against Stephon Marbury at the time. Felipe Lopez was there at the time. You know, it was. Speak to, was not like, to cut you off, speak yeah. to Felipe because he had a lot of game and never really materialized, but he had a whole lot of game. Yeah. He's all right. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, that tickled me. He sound like me he when you talk about niggas basketball. He's all right. You know what it is? I'm gonna be honest with you. First of all, we don't know how old Felipe is. He comes from Dominican Republic. No birth certificate. So we don't even know. My man with the rice was Felipe right there. That's his yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yo, anyway, uh, we really don't know how old Felipe Lopez is. <laughs> now, I tell you this much. New York, especially Manhattan, has a big Dominican community. Like, yes. Talking about a big Dominican community. Now, Felipe, I'm not going to say and say he wasn't good. I'd rather take stuff than Felipe if you asking me. My nah, person, no question. But no, they was hyping it. In like, high school, yeah. Yeah, that Felipe's. Was bigger. It's better than stuff. He's a year older as far as grade you know, wise. wise mm -hmm. But he was good, but it was the hype behind it. And that's why to me it didn't materialize in the, in the NBA because look, you go to the game, I'm not even exaggerating. I don't know if y'all ever been in the like Broadway in Amsterdam and New York, probably Jack I know this nigga been everywhere. Yes. This all Dominicans, yo. So when you go to these games, they come with guitars. They come with banjos. Yep. They come with all, with xylophones. Facts or not, bro? He went. To, he was the mascot at rights. My man. <laughs> That's my nigga. That's a fact, though. For the team. Yeah. These niggas come. Yeah. So niggas like da 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 da. So when I'm talking about these niggas, the, the half the arena or wherever niggas performing at was uh, filled with Dominican people, which was great support because it wasn't like a Dominican basketball player at the time coming out of New York. So his hype was crazy. And I'm not going to say say he wasn't good. He was good, but the hype behind it was it was a hype train. Like to keep it a buck, you know, it showed when he got to St. John's. Yep. You know, as soon as you get to St. John's. He was an athlete. Yeah, you wouldn't have been there all four years with the hype he had. You yep. know what I'm saying? He should have been. What Kevin Garnett did. One and done. Yeah, or not even going. They wanted him. They talk about the Knicks taking him straight from uh, Rice, and nobody was really doing that at the time. KG kind of broke that code. Felipe was on Sports Illustrated in high school, yeah, all that. exactly. That's a fact, you know. I'm telling you, I remember looking at the newspaper, and they talk about the Knicks may get Felipe. Then when he got to St. John's, you just seen niggas wasn't with that, especially when you that nigga or supposed to be that nigga. Niggas can't wait to kill you. Mm, Y'all yeah. niggas know yeah. like better than anybody. Like, yeah. oh, like I don't really know what, what, uh, who y'all played against in college or high school, but I'm pretty sure that it was a nigga that Jay was like, oh, that's y'all king? Bet. Yeah. Say no more. <laughs> that's every nigga. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that's kind of how I felt when it came to Felipe. Uh, I thought he was good, but if I had to pick, I would have picked stuff. That was like a pure point guard. Uh, he had brothers that played before him. He was really good. Felipe was decent, but he was just tall and no disrespect. He had the Dominican culture with him. Yep. Um, Watch nights. Yeah, exactly. That hype train, that whole joint. Mm -hmm. yeah. I bust Felipe ass when I played time played him. Yeah. And Steph Marbury. And skipped him on Lou. Shout out to Rafa, Austin, yeah. and my niggas. But when I played, it was the same thing. Like I'm telling you, like, this is who y'all love. Just so you like, you know, it's funny. Me and Steph Marbury one day was um, that nigga's funny. We was uh, 
arguing on Instagram or Twitter, one of them shits. I said, Steph, every time I played you, I bust your ass, bro, every single time. <laughs> what he say? I said, every time, I said, matter of fact, let me specify what I said. Let me be verbatim. I said, Steph, every time I played against you in high school, I bust your ass. He said, Exactly. You're still a high school basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that sound like something he was saying, yo. I said, I said, you won. You got that. <laughs> uh, oh, shit. Hey, but Cam, I'm glad you said that. He is one of the most underrated NBA players of all time. The numbers he put up, there's no reason incredible. he shouldn't have been the first ballot Hall of Famer. That's right. incredible. You know, Crazy, dog. A lot of times niggas get penalized for what they do off the court the narrative. at the end of their career. The narrative. Or, exactly. You know, y'all two guys mm -hmm. narrative. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So y'all understand that. Yeah. Uh, is, it, is it fair to say that each barrel, uh, barrel has a different kind of style of, of play? Is the difference between the Hoopers in, in Brooklyn to Harlem to the Bronx or... Basketball is basketball out there. You know, we was talking about that shit, man. We we was talking about that none shit. of them niggas can shoot. Yeah, yo, I, yo, I, you know, you know, you know what? We was talking about that because since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or Lou Alcindor, however you want, to put it, we don't got no superstars. We got all stars, but we ain't got no superstar. We supposed to be the mecca. There ain't no fucking <laughs> superstars from New York. It's no superstar because me and me and Isaiah Thomas, the older Isaiah Thomas, was talking about that. Jordan, he was born in there, but he wasn't. Come on, nigga left when he. I ain't counting nigga at three years old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, I tried to help him out right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, he was MJ. Born, yeah, he was born in there, why, baby? Brooklyn. He ain't, ain't played, man. But we uh -huh. have no superstar. Mellow. Baltimore. Oh, that's right. He didn't start. Yeah. That's right. You're yeah. right. That's so, Baltimore. You know, so niggas was born and left and became superstars. We don't like, <laughs> we don't got no fucking, we got good all-stars, you know. We got yeah. stuff, we got Skip the Lou, we got Lance Stevenson, you know. We got a bunch of good players, but it's no superstars. But as far as Burroughs are concerned, we had that talk the other day. Me and Mace was talking about that shit because, like, Queens probably got the best the best guards, I would say. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I, or Brooklyn. Harlem niggas. Booger Smith. Yeah, boys. He was yo, we told yo, bro, it's Cole. so I'm so mad it's not footage on this nigga Booger, yo. Like, that's a nigga right there. The first nigga I ever seen throw behind a nigga neck, uh, pause while he's playing and shit. That nigga, we didn't know who he was. It was this Christmas tournament they used to do at City College, and there's like Rice, which is fully banned up against Western House, which is a public school back then in New York. Uh, if you didn't go to uh, Stephon Marbury broke that too because he went to a public school. You used to have to go to Catholic school to be notor get notoriety or people notice you or shit like that. So when Steph went to public school, people started paying attention to it. But before Steph went there, Booker Smith, like you said, he came and played against Rice and they're like, who's Westhouse? We never heard of him. And he killed all them niggas. I never see a nigga shake a nigga, get an and one, and then give him a kiss on the cheek on the way to shoot his free throw. <laughs> so it's a wild, wild, disrespectful nigga right there, man. So, but I would give props to be honest with you, if I had to, to the best basketball players is Brooklyn and Queens. My my personal opinion. Harlem, we got good players, and we'll match up against anybody. But we too distracted when the game is over. It's too much going on. Niggas trying to sell drugs. Niggas trying to fuck with girls. <laughs> niggas trying to get gold chains. Niggas staying up all night. Niggas is in a gambling spot. Niggas on the roof to fuck bitch. It's too much going on when the game is over. 
and there's no structure with niggas who want to help you get better when the game is over. You know what I'm saying? Like Brooklyn, they had niggas who, yo, come on, we're going to go do drills. We're going to go, uh, we're going to go practice, get up six in the morning. We're going to fucking, you know, people had structure. Harlem is no structure. Niggas stay outside till it's like gray outside for real. Oh, yo, you broke day? Yeah, we like, that was a stat. Oh, I broke day last night. Like breaking day and staying out till the sun comes out. <laughs> and I was like, a stat. Yeah, I broke day last night. So it's, I would give the credit. Honestly, you know, if you asked me this 10 years ago, I'm going to say Harlem. But Brooklyn and Queens, to me, has the best basketball mm, mm. Diving into music, what was that early grind like? Uh, word is you didn't take rap serious until Big L had convinced you to do it. Yeah, like, you know, I was a bad, like, listen, man. And I'm old enough to say, like, I was delusional to think I was going to the NBA, but that's what niggas be thinking when your heart's really in it. I didn't really understand basketball until I stopped playing basketball because, <clears throat> pardon me, you got to realize I'm playing basketball in late 80s, early 90s, so you not only know how to play basketball, you know how to fight. Like, you know, yeah. it's not just, you know, you watch Anthony Mason, you watch Charles Barkley, you watch the fucking Rick Mahorn and Bill Lair, but these niggas fighting too. It ain't like today, like, you know, you punch a nigga with a two-piece, it's a tech, and you still in the game. Yeah. So that's how it translated into high school and biddies and midgets and all that shit, too. So I always thought I was going into the NBA. And um, as far as music concerned, I grew up around a bunch of rappers. And uh, we used to rap for hobbies. Same shit I'm telling you about. It wasn't no focus. We played basketball, then we fucking go rap. Freestyle. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So... um. It was just like a hobby at the time. And then Big L is the first person who got a record deal for my block. So back then, it's not like you could easily get a record deal. So when he got a record deal, he's like, oh, we could kind of take this shit seriously. And me and him used to just rap. It wasn't just him. It was him, her McGruff. Uh, we used to go to different parts of uh, Harlem and battle niggas. g Depp used to be really good. Um... Mace used to come to my block and rap. It was, a, it was like a melting pot for rappers, but when Big L got the deal, it looked realistic. You know what I'm saying? We didn't really see Dougie Fresh or Rob Bass. Only person we saw before Big L that was visible, who was really in the street, driving around, gold chains and MPVs and all that when we was young, was Fat Joe. The Bronx is like right there, so you would see Fat Joe. Fat Joe come through cars, MVPs, gold chains. You're like, oh shit, Fat Joe, like... Fat Joe was on since he was young, even before he became a rapper. Like, you know, people, as we get older, some of that shit fades out. But can't front on Fat Joe, bro. That nigga has fucking stores, money, jewelry, cars. And he was around a good crew called DITC at the time. And he was like, you know, it was a lot of rappers, but it looked like he was the get money nigga in that crew. So he was the person that we used to see like, oh, we see right, we know we ain't see LL Cool J uh, all the Big Daddy Kane, all these other people that was coming out. Fat Joe is the person we see. And when Big Al got the deal, we kind of took it more seriously. Mm. Speak on uh, Children of the Corn, group you had with Mace, <clears throat> Bloodshed. Yeah. So Children of the Corn was some shit Big Al kind of was putting together. Um, yeah, it was kind of like some shit he was putting together. Because he seemed like, he kind of seen the vision early, but he just had a fucked up record deal. So, uh, it was me, Mace, Bloodshed, who passed away, Her McGruff, and Big Al, and some other people too. And um, he had such a fucked up record deal that we kind of was started surpassing him because Mace was getting hot. 
And we kind of took the name and kept it for ourselves, Beef Mason Bloodshed. And uh, started doing mixtapes and just rapping. But, you know, shit wasn't realistic. So you sign that paper, you don't know what's realistic and what's not realistic. So uh, we just took the name and ran with it. If you go on YouTube, all the old songs up there right now. My man Digger did a lot of tracks for them. A kid named Digger, who's a producer from Harlem. He did a lot of tracks. We went to school together. And all the songs are on YouTube, but till Mace got that deal, that's when it became realistic. But Children of the Clone was some shit we was trying to put together that never kind of panned out, but Big Al kind of started that name. His vision. Um, one story, one of your favorite stories, something that stuck out to you, funny, crazy, about Biggie. Biggie, I don't really know Biggie, to be honest with you. Okay. To be honest with you, um, Mace got his record deal. He was on fire. Uh how to stay moving, and I was going with him anywhere, everywhere, so he was kind of set up, and he didn't want me to go to Bad Boy, thank God, you know what I'm saying? So he Biggie had his own label, and he took me to Biggie Small's house, and um, Biggie Small's, his leg was broke from some car accident and some shit, and I had um, went up at his bedroom, pause. he had two girls in the bed, and I'm like, oh shit, this real rapper shit, like two bitches in the bed and all type of shit. So he was asking Mace about this other rapper that we work with, and Mace was like, my man is better. So he put on beats, and I just rapped for like 40 minutes for him straight. And he was like, cut the beat off, what you want? So I'm like, I want 250000 I need a car, I need a house, da 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 He's like, I bet, I'm gonna call my man Lance and get it. So we leave, and Mace is like, why would you say that, kid? <laughs> <laughs> you can get more than that. Don't ever tell them what you want. So I don't fucking know Mason's Biggie, man. Like, don't do that again. I'm like, all right, cool. But he ended up dying during that process. And uh, when he was shooting, they were shooting the uh, Rest in Peace video for Biggie in Harlem. And his partner that he called, named Lance Rivera, was there at Jacob York. And I'm like, yo, I'm the guy Biggie wanted to sign. They had just did a new um, deal with Sony. And they was like, we'll give you the record deal because that's what Biggie wanted. And that's kind of how my shit kicked off. Yeah. But I don't, yeah, that's, I only met him that one time. Un, is that the person that, that's the same guy Jay had problems with? Yeah. 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 That's him, Lance Rivera. Uh, what's your, take us to the studio. Let's go to the studio with Cam. What's your must-haves? I know Tree is a definitely must-have in the studio. Yeah. So you you in the studio, you about to make Welcome to New York with Jay-Z and Jules. What's a must-have you got you got to have in the studio? That's a that's a that's a you know, that time was kind of different. Like me, I'll write like so I'm real I'm not cheap, but I'm 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 financially cautious, I would say. Studio costs money if you don't got your own studio. Yeah. I tell everybody right at home. So we, yeah. so I I'm not I'm not as experienced as you, but you know I do my little mixtapes and shit. I used to tell people that too. They yeah. want to come in the studio and catch a vibe and trying to nah write that shit at home. Yeah, because when you come in here, by the time it take you to write that shit, we could have been did ten songs. Right. So, but during that time, it was kind of like a green light. We would catch a vibe in the studio because Juan, who's probably no OG Juan, it was OG his Juan. studio, his baseline. So it's kind of like a green light. As far as welcome to New York City. Uh, we always had weed in there. I don't really drink until everything is done, but I catch a vibe smoking. But as far as the way the New York City record went, uh, it was kind of tension with me and Jay-Z. Um, not so no 
fighting and no shit like that. It's kind of like the way I took it was, you know, when I got there, they already were situated and I was trying to be super nice with everybody and I wasn't getting that real feedback. So I was like, all right, cool. I just want to do my music. I came out a bad deal. I'm in a great situation. Let me just do what I got to do and get the fuck out everybody's way. So um, you could tell, like, you got to realize I was telling Dame, Dame had dif- different distribution at the time. He had Def Jam, which we always on, Electra, and somebody else. And I'm like, Dame, I don't want to go to Def Jam. I want to go to Electra. And he's like, Cameron's going to be better at Def Jam. I'm saying, I got this diplomat shit I want to do. Uh, I think we should. He's like, trust me, it'll be cool. Because you got to realize, you got Brooklyn niggas, Philly niggas, state property, and, Bro- and Harlem niggas. Not one nigga each place, 20 niggas from each. So now you got 80 personalities that you got to juggle and you got to deal with. And when I got there, I already been the fucked up deal. See, that's the one thing about it is I'm happy I was in a fucked up deal so now I know the business to where those guys, I'm not saying they didn't know the business, but they being well taken care of so they may not need to know where the wreck is not spending in Hawaii, why it's not spending in Austin, Texas, why it's not spending in Seattle. I already had that knowledge from getting jerked around. They didn't know that. So when I got to Def Jam, Rockefeller, I became a monster. Yo, you need to do radio. Yo, why this ain't playing? Why this ain't going on? This, why, yo, move. This a, this a closet? Nah, this an office. So niggas like, why well, I can't move around the business like that? Because they kind of been taken care of already. I've been jerked around, so I know who to talk to. And I didn't think they liked that too much. And because it wasn't just Rockefeller, no disrespect to Dame or Jay-Z or Biggs or none of that. Cause they were the label, but I started going over, not saying over the head, cool Rockefeller um, is doing this. Now I'm going upstairs to Def Jam, Kevin Lyles, Leo Cohen, Julie Greenwald, Kaiser. All right, Rockefeller's about now I need the, the big homies to push the button. You know what I'm saying? That's the parent, well they a joint venture, but I consider them the parent company, even though it was a joint venture deal. And I started leaning on them niggas. Yo, push the button, push the button. I had niggas sitting in their office every day. like. Yo, go sit in Kaiser's office. So Kaiser's the guy who did radio. That's my man, too. Shout out to Kaiser. That's my nigga. But he got so tired of us sitting in his motherfucking office every day, eating his lunch and everything that. When we did Old Boy, but time that shit, shit uh, maxed out, we used to, at that particular time before Kanye, it was the number one radio record in Def Jam history. Because my man Zeke sat in that shit every day and just annoyed that nigga until he like, okay, Cam, you got fucking... 70,000 spins and be like, all right, cool, we'll leave you alone now. But, you know, that was a big deal considering, like, Def Jam history. You know, you got LL Cool J and Public Enemy and Jay-Z and everybody else. So, um, far as New York City concerned, back to the original question, sorry. Jay-Z had a talk with me. He's like, yo, it's tension. We cool, yada, yada, yada. So we broke the tension. So I'm like, well, it's, it's a beat in the studio. Let's go now. And he's like, bet. And we went in there. So y'all was together. I walk in this, all right, I break those scenarios down. I walk in the studio, now it's kind of like, it's already, I know it's tension already. Yeah. So I'm just, what's up, and keep it moving. I go in the studio, he come like, I talk to you. So I'm like, what's up? He like, you know, it seems like it's a little tension. I just want to say, yo, y'all doing y'all thing. I'm, we don't need to have tension here. I'm like, that's what I've been trying to tell niggas this whole time. I don't even know what the fuck this shit is about. He's like, nah, we all good. We ain't got no problem. So I'm I'm taking advantage of the opportunity. We good? Well, come come in. Yeah. Like, let's do this right now. He like, bet. So we go in there. And nigga listened to the beat for like five minutes and did a verse. I'm like, who is this nigga? Like, 
Because you know, you know how like you, you know how we just talking about writing at home. Because I didn't write nothing at home neither that day. But I just come in the vibe, and you know how you like be like writing at home. But he ain't here to beat. He ain't cheat. It ain't like he has some bars at home. That nigga listened to me for five minutes, and went in there and did it two minutes. And it's no way you could because my name is in the verse. And like you're saying, got my name in the shit and all type of shit. So I, I don't. I'm not a good freestyler. He did that shit off the top of his head. I'm I'm a good writer. So I'm sitting there like this, just writing my shit so I could be fast too. And that's how the song came about. That's just how it went. Yeah. That's a classic. Uh, last one, Hey Ma. Hey Ma. So, remember, uh, so Hey Ma, like Old Boy was rocking first. Hey Ma wasn't really catching on at urban radio. Um. So I don't know, like every city got like these pop stations in New York at Z100. Um, you know, when they play country music and, you know, the pop songs, Brit- yeah, you know, Britney Spears at the time and all that shit. It wasn't working with black radio. Hey, Ma wasn't working with black radio. So my man Zeke back to Kaiser. We like, yo, Kaiser, we're going to be in here again. And so <laughs> Kaiser, I said, we did everything we could do for this record, Cam. Leave me the fuck alone. Like, you got Zeke sitting here for two, three years. <laughs> the black fucking stations is not fucking with this record. It's just not. <laughs> he said, but strangely enough, the alternative, the pop stations is. So he's like, the pop stations is. He's like, yeah, Ken Lane runs the pop station. I said, where's Ken Lane office at? Right there. I see you later. Yo, Zeke, this the new mission, Ken Lane. <laughs> so now Zeke is sitting in this nigga named Ken Lane's office like, yo, get us on all the pop stations. And so now we on all the pop. So we found out it was a Lionel Richie sample. So that's why the shit, uh, Lionel Richie two times in one of is crazy. Re- you didn't even realize the crossover at the time that we you didn't was know. making. Yeah. We didn't know. So mm-hmm. now we on all the pop stations across America because of Ken Lane. And now the urban stations is paying attention. It was like a backwards process. All the pop stations, and now the urban stations like, why the fuck they get one of our niggas over there? Bring them back home. <laughs> so that's how Hey Ma kind of worked out. It was like a reverse situation. Yeah. But um, that's how that went. Any, you worked with a lot of great producers. Any, any, who's your favorite to work with? Do you have one? They all bring something different. Yeah. Um, favorite? Um, damn, I'm trying to think who's the favorite. Heat Makers is my favorite. It's out of Heat Makers and Just Blaze. You know what I'm saying? Like, Heat Makers is my niggas. Like, they gave a, they, they, they helped create a diplomat sound. You know what I'm saying? Like, my man Digger did us in the beginning, but he, he, he made, uh, Heat Makers made like that diplomat sound. And Just Blaze had a lot of good, good records on what we had on Rockefeller as well. But my favorite, I'll definitely have to say Heat Makers. 18 year anniversary of Purple Haze this year. 19. Uh, 19, excuse me, 19. And what's your favorite songs of the project? Congratulations, by the way. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's probably my favorite album. Um, I don't know, it was a dope time, you know, for me, because, so like I was telling y'all niggas, like, so I was, I was like, uh, in a fucked up deal. Like, I had two gold albums and didn't really have that much money. So I kind of t- took the money I had and bought drugs and went to Ohio with the shit. <laughs> so the whole... I lived in Columbus, Ohio for like five years, man. Like, I used to go to LeBron games when he was in high school. That's oh, how really? I know Rich and Maverick. And I know them niggas, they in school. And they know me too from when I was living in Columbus. And um, 
I got rich out there, man. You know, it's fucking. So all that music was during, yeah, all that music was kind of like, I'm getting the money I feel I deserve to get because the music business wasn't giving me the money I deserved. It wasn't because I was in a transition to leaving, uh, before Purple Haze, leaving um, Sony going to Rockefeller. So I went platinum on um, Come Home With Me. And I'm like, I don't trust this. I started getting music money, but I'm like, I don't trust this shit. I'm just going to keep Jugging. Yeah, this, this is definite. You know what I'm saying? So that whole Purple Haze album, I kind of was like getting rap money and street money at the same time. So it was just a great, great time. Uh, and I was in a great space financially, mentally. Everything was really good. So I had a, I had a real good time um, making that album. My favorite song, I don't really know because I think the whole album was really, really dope. I, felt, I, I recorded a lot of Chicago because I was going back and forth from Chicago to Ohio back and forth doing my thing and um Twister. It was a lot of people that fucking was a part of that album, but uh I don't have a favorite song. I just think the album is dope and thank you guys for um, dope, acknowledging that. Dope project. Yeah. Joe Jimmy said that uh the Izzo beat was supposed to be for you. And yeah. then and in return, he felt bad about it, so he gave you the down and out beat, which is to me was harder. Yeah. <laughs> the down and out shit was way harder. Yeah. It ain't go like that, but yeah. It <laughs> ain't go like Jim said it. He might have forgot because he was there. He was definitely there for the whole process. He was, def he was definitely there the whole process. What happened was Kanye came to the studio. You know, Kanye trying to come up and shit. And so he played uh, he played the Izzo beat for me. Pardon me. This one I still was on Sony, though. And uh, I'm like, I want that beat. He like, bet. And um heard that shit on the radio like two weeks later. I'm like... <laughs> So I'm gonna kill this nigga when I see this nigga, dude. Why would he do that? Cause that was that beat was hard. Yeah, dude. it was hard. I actually did that song over to Tupac beat. That song, uh, I, I did a song called "Leave Me Alone, Let Me Live My Life," and I wrote that to the H to the Izzo beat. Leave me alone, let me just live my life. I wrote that song to the H to the Izzo beat, but I ended up putting it on a song I did um, over Tupac's beat, um, "Ambitions of a Rider," yeah. but. When I got the Rockefeller, you know, he was over there, so I, I can't really start no trouble with him. Like, that was some fucked up shit. I let him know. So he gave me a you know, beat CD. And as far as Down and Out was concerned. Hey, bro, I got, that's one of my favorite songs. Though. No, no, mine nah, too. that shit heavy, man. Mine too, now I appreciate it. But as far as the concern, he didn't give me that as a replacement. I think he gave me a beat CD, like 70 beats on it. <laughs> And you found out one. She was like number 48. <laughs> <laughs> I fished that shit out off the BCD. I'm like, oh, I'm like, because you got to realize your ears go crazy after a while. To, so you're on like beat 49. And be, let's say down now is like beat 49. You're like, this is what sound like. Now you got to go to beat 51, 52. And you're like, I think 23, 37, and 49 was I like, yo. Even now, I tell people, yo, send me six, five at a time. Don't send me no 35 beats at one <laughs> mm -hmm. time. It's just, just too much to uh, consume at one time. Pause. Or um, taking your brain, <laughs> not consume. But I was like, yo, I had to fish that shit out for 70 beat CD. But um, it ended up turning out good. Yeah. Kanye, mm -hmm. when somebody bring up his name to you, what's, what's your first thoughts? 
Kanye, he play crazy with who he want to play crazy with. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah, that nigga crazy when it's convenient. Yeah. Facts. Facts. Yeah. I agree with you wholeheartedly yeah, on that, bro. that's what I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Uh, it's beneficial. Shit. Mm. Uh, Every time I see Kanye, I've seen Kanye about two, about a year and a half, two years, about a year and a half ago. Nigga was saying as a motherfucker. What's up, Cam? What's up, nigga? You need some beats? Nigga, I'm like, yeah, you fuck around, man. Like, yo, all right, cool, man. It's like, yo, I might fuck around, fuck with you tonight. You going to tell him? Yeah, nigga, just going to tell him vibe. I pause. I like talking about beats. I'm like, all right, cool. Two days later, nigga, going crazy on the news and all type of shit. I, Every time I see Kanye, he's perfectly fine. fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he be saying some nice, he be saying some true shit sometimes, too. Yeah, yeah. Off the wall. Yeah, I mean, he's, he, I, I've never seen a crazy Kanye personally, ever. <laughs> uh, diplomats, mm -hmm. early days, how'd that come about? Like you said, you had mentioned it early on. Right. What was the, the objective with that group? <clears throat> Just, you know, um, Kind of like after Mesa left the music business and I was trying to put the team together that Big Al didn't put together. And um, I and, but Diplomats, I ain't do shit that nobody else ain't do. To be honest with you, I watched No Limit do what No Limit did. Then I watched Cash Money do what Cash Money did. Then I watched Rough Riders do what Rough Riders did. I watched Rockefeller do what Rockefeller did. Mur even Murder Inc. to a certain extent. Not like niggas like movements. Because when you got a movement, you can argue within the movement if it's all about the same shit. Like, you know, niggas will be like, yo, I like Juvie better than Lil Wayne. Yo, I like Lil Wayne better than this person. Yo, Manny Fresh is the real. But you still arguing about the same niggas. You know what I'm saying? It's all in the same movement, you know? And I always thought about that because I was like, yo, it could be somebody who be like, I don't fuck with Cam, but I fuck with Jim. Or I don't fuck with Jim, but I fuck with Juels. Or... I don't fuck with Jewels. I fuck with Hellrell, whoever we had around at the time. And I'm like, as long as the argument period is within the circle. About us, yeah. It, mm, they listening. They listening. It's mm -hmm. all the same circle. So I used to, you know, niggas used to have no limit fights on my block. Like, as much as they, dumb niggas, niggas was in New York wearing camouflage, <laughs> all tight and Master P. I had niggas going crazy, nigga. Yeah, yeah, niggas that had niggas going crazy. Mr. Servon, Mr. Cola got down with them niggas. Shaq was in the video. Nigga talk about P got 400 million niggas is going around buying fake tank chains. All type of shit. Master P had that shit in a frenzy. And I used to sit there and observe niggas on my block, argue, even before Cash Money, argue about all the artists in No Limit. And then Master P, if you look, you know, it wasn't no internet and all that shit, but seemed like he had 17 artists come out every week. Like, yo, who? Who is these niggas, man? And hey, that's crazy to hear from a New York nigga. Yeah, up in, we from yeah, the South. We yeah, see it in real time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, yo, that shit was just amazing to see how many artists this nigga kept just putting out. Like I told you, like, I remember clearly niggas was talking about, um, you know, Soak the Shock and he's the best nigga. And my man wanted to fight because... <laughs> Nobody knew who Mr. Servon was. And the niggas was like, yo, y'all niggas tripping. Y'all niggas don't know Mr. Servon. Y'all violating the whole no limit. And I used to I used to observe these arguments like, yo, niggas is really going crazy about niggas who's in the same clique. So I kind of took all that format to try and make 
the diplomat uh brand. That's mm. crazy. Yeah. Double disc, diplomatic immunity, mm. quickly went gold. What was it like when you guys dropped that project? <clears throat> it was dope because I got to put my niggas on. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like for me, I'm not one of them niggas that that uh want all the shine, all the accolades, like <clears throat> I could have did all them singles by myself, told my old boy, pardon me, hey ma. Now put Drew Wells on the shit. No, let Zeke sing the hook. Yo, Jim, you direct the video. Jim, direct, I, I forced Jim to direct the video. I'm like, yo, why is your name? Because you know back in the days, your name used to be at the bottom, but he, used, he was learning how to direct. And I used to be mad that he shared the director's credit name with somebody else because I wanted everybody's name to be on the screen. Now, that's the one thing I didn't like about Master, that's saying about Master P, about what I was seeing. You know, he had a movie called- uh, I got the hook up? Nah. About it. Before, I'm about it, about it. Yeah, before yeah. I got the grimy shit. Yep. You know what I'm saying? But when you look at the credits. Officer Friendly. Everything is Master P. Everything. Producer, director, <laughs> acting, this person, that person. The first 92 shits is Master P. <laughs> Yo, lighting. Nigga, 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 fucking nigga. Sound. Yeah, it's sound. Master P. Yeah, I was like, damn, this nigga want a credit for everything. I'm like, just fake somebody else did some other yeah. shit. So when I watched about it, I'm like, uh, that's uh, if you did everything, I ain't knocking it, but it'd be cool to have some other names up there and shit. So I always wanted other people to shine besides myself, and that's how I looked at the diplomat situation. Mm -hmm. uh, New York in the 90s, late 80s, early 90s, a lot of different movements, styles of music from Wu-Tang, obviously Rockefeller, Bad Boy, Locks, Terror Squad, to name a few. Uh, Everyone unique in their own way. What was music like for you uh, back during that time? I mean, it's like the, you know, music, you know, it's like the soundtrack for uh, basketball, really. Like I said, music was like a real hobby, my nigga. Like I said, I really, in my brain, thought I was going to the NBA. You gotta, only reason in our brain we ain't even go overseas is because Maze got a deal when he was 19, 20 and got $2 million and we ain't risking it to go back to to go back to school. So um, it was just like a soundtrack as far as uh, high school, just uh, in the back, and you know, background for our basketball careers. We started doing it professionally. Uh, it's, it's, it's competition. If once you in the game, you know, still to this day, you know, I be seeing niggas in New York post all type of niggas but me. And I won't post them either. That. You know what I'm saying? You say, but me. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying, because you be like, you be seeing niggas that you know post niggas from somewhere else or post somewhere else. And I'll be like, I, if I got a project come out, they won't post it. Mm -hmm. But I, if that's what we doing, fine. I'll go post a nigga from Nebraska too, then, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like, Straight up. So, but it's, it's, New York is, you know, it's really a lot of competition and everything, no matter what you do. But um, as far as music is concerned, that's a, in the beginning, it's a backdrop for basketball. When I stopped playing basketball, it was just trying to be the best rap I could be or make the best songs I could make and try to keep my head above water because it's a lot, of, a lot of rappers and a lot of groups from New York. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. 
But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Moments like seeing my son's team cheer him on mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer or MBC, which is breast cancer that has spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrantz, palbociclib. Ibrantz 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrantz and visit Ibrantz.com. Ibrantz may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrantz may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrantz, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Uh, acting, paid in full. Um, Dame kind of inspired me to start my acting career as well um did, was he big and you starting to act and how did you get that role um 
Yeah, like, so everybody knows, like, if you're from New York, you know that story, especially from Harlem. It's a Harlem story, so you know the story. And um, You killed that shit, by the way. Thank you, man. I killed appreciate it. I appreciate that. Um, and so everybody's going for auditions. It's hilarious because I just seen some auditions that Nas did on Instagram the other day, and um, damn, what's my nigga name? Damn, I can't think of another name who was th- who was trying to go for Ace's part. I'm so mad. He's a rapper, man. I think it's nice too. I'm, I'm pissed off. I can't think of a nigga name because he's dope. Uh, he dope act. Most Def. I'm Most sorry. Def. Most yeah. Def was auditioning for uh, Ace's role. I just seen their audition tape. I, I wish I could. I'm gonna tell. I gotta find my audition tape. Whoever has that, but. Uh, everybody was auditioning for it. I knew the role. I mean, I knew the character because everybody outside the movie, I'm from Harlem, everybody knows the story. Mm-hmm. And when Dave gave me an opportunity to come audition, and when I auditioned... It should seem too natural for yeah, you. Yeah, it did, bro. Because nah, I knew it, but <clears throat> it was funny because I bought a real... I, you know, me and Jim is in the house practicing lines, and I'm like, yeah, should I bring the real gun? Because there's a part you got to pull the gun out on. <laughs> and then Jim... It's like, yeah, yeah, do that. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, do that. Word the mother. So I go down there, do those. You know, when you do an audition, you, you're reading with somebody, then it's three people behind the desk, and they got the cameras on. So I'm doing it, and I'm acting now. I put, shut the fuck up. Nigga, like, hey, hey, everybody calm the fuck down. What's going on? I'm like, I need this part, my nigga. And Dave said, relax, Cam. You have to relax. So I said, ain't loaded. The clip's over here. I ain't, ain't going to shoot nobody. <laughs> and he said, yo, I think I'm, I'm going to get you the part after that. So, um, <laughs> right. Shit worked. So, yeah, I ended up doing the movie. Um, Charles Stone directed the movie. Um, so, um, we shot a, 80% of that movie shot in Canada. So, when we're shooting the movie, Dame is not really there on set a lot. And the clothing people had to shoot. They going off fed magazines and all these magazines where they may have seen people go out for a night wearing certain shit for a night, but I'm like, they not wearing metallic blue pants selling drugs. So you got a Canadian female who's doing wardrobe arguing me like, look, this is what he had on in the magazine. I'm like, I say, yo, this look like they went to a dress up party. They not selling cocaine in these joints right here. And Dame came, I, I, Dame came back, I would call him and say, yo, this shit gonna be fucked up. He came back, seen what's up, started firing everybody and brought mad Air One Nikes and Timberlands and got it right. So at this time, this is kind of during the process of when I'm not really doing well and, and leaving Rockef- leaving Epic and going to Rockefeller. So I'm still on the street every day in Harlem every single day. And I was like, if I don't get this part right, it's going to be fucked up. So they had lines that you're supposed to read. And then outside the lines, the director, Charles Stone, was like, Cam, Say what you would say in real life if this was the situation. So I would say 75 to 80% of that movie, the dialogue is improv because the lines was mad corny. I'd be like, I would be reading and I would read it. I would do my job and say, I don't think they would really say that, Charles. He's like, you know what? Let's do another take. Say what you would say. Mm -hmm. Like all that Kermit the Frog shit, that wasn't in the script. Yeah. That, that, that shit was not in the script. None of that shit. You know what I'm saying? Give me extra water. All that shit. None of that shit was in the script. It was shit that I would say, I can't do this movie and go back home because niggas will kill me yeah. if I don't get that shit right. Mm-hmm. So that's how I took the movie. 
How we had him on the show. Um, how good was it working with Wood Harris? Oh man, them niggas was dope, man. Wood and Makai, because I've never done a movie before. That was my first time ever doing a movie, so they gave me a lot of insight, a lot of guidelines. Even even Makai and Wood, they said, because we had a lot of freedom. Makai's mm-hmm. from Harlem too. Wood obviously did a lot of urban movies. So when we're doing this shit, Makai was giving his two cents, you know, there's a part where he choked out the uncle in the mm-hmm. hallway. Yeah, but it didn't go like that. In the movie, he just supposed to go, Psh, and that'd be kind of like, this shit corny. I'm going to choke homeboy out. Drag his drag ass to the door. Drag him out the hallway. Yeah. So when he was doing that, I was like, yeah, that looked realistic. And with his pockets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when he did it, I was like, now nah, that's the way it's supposed to be done. So Makai came and he said, this will never happen again, Cam, in no movies. They don't let us get this much freedom and all that shit. And I'm like, word, that's fucked up. So that's why I do my own movies. I'm like, yo, I can't be listening to niggas. Like, if it don't seem realistic or, yeah, I don't want to do it. You know, a lot of movies, I've done like three, four movies. Like, right now I was telling my niggas I want to do a movie kind of like um, and Coming to America when Eddie Murphy was like the white nigga in the barbershop. Like, you ain't know it's Eddie Murphy till it was over. Like, mm-hmm. not white girls, because you knew that I was Marlon Wayne mm-hmm. and other nigga. I'm talking about, I don't even want you to know it's me. Because everybody be like, Cam, you're not really acting. You just acting like Cam. You keep getting away with murder <laughs> and all the fucking movies, You just man. being yourself? Yeah, I'm like, yo, I don't get no acting credit, man. I be but mad bro, about hey, that bro, shit. I got to give you your be credit, though, because, that because but that, that, that says something about your, your acting where... Mm-hmm. You can be you. And right. a lot of the best actors, right. they act the same way in all the movies, bro. Like Denzel, right? The my, same way in all the Denzel, movies, bro. You know, don't get it fucking. You did Malcolm X. I can go do that. But it's a my nigga everywhere in one of Denzel's <laughs> movies. It's definitely my a nigga. my nigga. My, it's a my nigga every, every other movie, man. So, oh, shit. That's what's up. Uh, backstory with the, 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 the pink fur coat. Mm-hmm. The famous... Mm-hmm. Maybe very famous. This nigga here, though. This nigga G, though. You can't, you gotta remove G from the seven. He passed red. Yeah. Crunching on chips and. You gotta remove both of you. I'm Rashi Wallace's joint. Shit's tough, boy. Just talking about them shit's Pat Lover joints. Um. He threw me off with Pink coat. The pink coat. Pink coat. Pink coat. Um. Yo, so we used to go to Fashion Week and, and you know, everybody do that shit now, the Met Gala and all, all types of Dame was in that shit for years, going to all that shit, fashion for years and years and years. And I knew that I I was trying to do something to stand out. And I'm like, back then, like I said, there wasn't no internet or none of that shit. Dame big thing was like, we got to make page six. If you made page six in the post, that means you was there with Leonardo DiCaprio, Donald Trump, whoever ordered most famous people made page six of the post. And I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do to make page six? So uh, Harlem, they had this store called Harlem Signature that had all the fly shit in there. And I was like, yeah, this is it. I seen that shit. They had the headband. I had the pink motherfucking flip phone. Uh, I say, yeah. I'm making page six tomorrow, nigga. <laughs> and that's 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 really the more the story. And that shit kind of took a life of his own. And you know, people be like, yo, Cam, bring the pink coat, bring the pink coat. Like, it's like I be on some asshole time pause. Like, they wanted me to bring the pink coat 
They want me to bring the pin code somewhere like three years ago. Like, yo, we'll pay you to bring the pin code. So I'm like, all right. In the car service, though. <laughs> the pin code up. I have my own car service. I said, but it need car service. I started doing wild shit because niggas is so infatuated with the pin I'll make that shit have his own car service. Somebody pick it up. They you still got it? it? I got one of them, but I don't have the main one. I, I just, just, just got, you know, I... I don't want to say yeah. I let I let the persons talk about it, but I just just uh, got rid of the, the main one. I always had a backup, but the main main one is going. I still got the stunt double. That's one of the, that's one of the stunt double. Y'all keep it for rappers. Game, rappers all a lot of rappers didn't use that style for a video and on on Halloween. Right? No, every These Halloween. kids, everybody dressed every like every Halloween babies or the yeah. grandmothers. <laughs> I get tagged in all type. Nah, I get tagged in all type of shit every single Halloween. About that pink coat, like they had a little baby wrapped in cotton candy. I think the shit was look trying to look like the pink coat and all that shit. Look like cotton candy to me. I don't know what the shit was. Recently, there's been some back and forth. Uh, not necessarily the Melissa Ford shit, but the shit with Joe. You posted something this morning. What's going on with that currently? Where are we at with that? Posted it this morning. Like you said, <laughs> it's basically we can talk about. It. I don't give a fuck. Like you know what happened is this man. Like you know uh, me and Mace on our show, we talk sports, but. We catch up on old times sometime. And we was talking about uh, being in a whorehouse in 1992. I was 16, he was 17. They talk, I don't know how our story gets on their show. I have no idea. Um, so they talk about us being in a whorehouse. And then she just jumps out the window and says, what if it was underage girls in there? And niggas was like, yo, my nigga, this is really not the time. You're not from this country. Secondly, we wasn't of age. We shouldn't have been in there anyway. So I kind of left it alone and was like, yo, I ain't even paying no mind because only niggas who get rattled is, got, is niggas who got some truth behind that shit. The guilty stuff. The guilty yeah. So I didn't even pay the shit no mind. When I paid in mind was, because I was like, I get to the bitch when I get to the bitch. But she tried to apologize. So I was like, nah, don't apologize because now if I want to wait two weeks or a month or whenever, Things I'm like, oh, Cam, why you bringing that up? She apologized, you know what I'm saying? So I said, fuck you and your apology because I don't want your apology. That shit is like the lowest of the low shit you could accuse somebody of. Especially right now. Yes, yeah, even if it ain't right now. Right. I'm not, like, I'm not no pedophile. Like, you don't have to be guilty of that for that shit to affect your life. Right, exactly. Just insinuate it. Exactly, you know what I'm saying? But I'm just telling you my morals mm -hmm. as Cameron. I don't like that shit, bro. Like, we had a whole shit, actually. It was a whole shit, and we couldn't do it. Charlemagne, the guy, he talks about it a lot. Me and my man was about to do the Catch the Predator show about 12, 13 years ago. I, remember, I don't know, know if y'all remember when- I've um, seen it. i seen that, that show, though. Yeah, mm -hmm. we was doing the black version of that shit. Mm -hmm. Catch niggas trying to get with kids and all that shit. But they was like, Kim, y'all niggas going to get locked up. Y'all don't got the permits and all that other shit to be doing to beat niggas up and all that other shit. <laughs> so I get offended by that shit. But like you're, like you're saying, you don't, in people's eyes, one, per, one, per, one person says, it's a label. oh, you do it, you did it, mm -hmm. oh, they did it. They gonna run you with killed it. Yeah. So the whole mm -hmm. thing is, when she realized how reckless it was, she apologized. I'm like, nah, fuck your apology, fuck you. You can't just go around, say what you want, and then be like, yo, I was bugging for saying that. It didn't bother me in the beginning because I was like, I ain't even tripping off that shit. But it got me more mad about the apology. So another nigga named Queen Flip who was on his show, I helped out. 
uh, used to give him advice. I wasn't even a podcast space. Um, give him advice. I'm like, yo, if you're doing it's almost like television, get some ad dollars or uh, sponsorship. And I was teaching him how to do that. And I wasn't even in a podcast space. He's on their show and he has said some slick shit yesterday or the day, day before. Or, let me change that. He did say no slick shit. I thought he said some slick shit. What he said was, why nobody's standing with uh, Melissa Ford on this topic? What he was saying was being sarcastic, like nobody got her back. But I thought he was saying, why don't more people got her back? So I went on live and kind of got it, everybody on the show. <laughs> so I already told them, I see what that show do. Them niggas try to bait you so you say something, and then they go back and talk about what you said. So basically, we're out this morning. So let's do a quick rundown of this shit, right? You get up there and say, I may have been fucking with young bitches, young females, pardon me. I don't say nothing. So you apologize. So I say, fuck your apology. And fuck all y'all niggas. And then you come back and say, no, I'm standing with Melissa Ford. Fuck that Kim is bugging. And I, How am I bugging, yo? How am I bugging? Because I don't want to accept your apology. I'm going to call somebody out for trying to say I was around some bullshit like that. Why don't y'all niggas just be like, you know what, we was dead wrong. And my thing was, they don't, they not doing a live show. So Joe Buttons let that fly. It's two things. The way I say is this. You wanted the clicks or you threw her under the bus. Because you didn't, they ain't a live show. You could have took it out. Period. So, yeah. So, so at the end of the day, that's the rundown. And today, so today... I guess his podcast came out, which I'll see uh, what I posted. And um, he's talking about, okay, because I said, what if I, I wasn't, I'm not going to do it, but what if, I was like, what if I sue for defamation of character? He told my oh, think they got no money to sue for defamation of character. I'm like, why is you defending this shit that this girl did? And she already knew she was wrong for doing it, but you still find a way to defend it. So today... I put that clip up because he said, and y'all be like, and he said, yeah, this is still Melissa Ford. Y'all be liking the, the cheap escorts on Instagram, liking her pictures and this and the third. So I'm like, is she an expensive escort? Because you some mad <laughs> niggas is liking the cheap escort. So I put that up and he had on a, a um, cheetah romper with sandals. And I put that up. <laughs> and that's what happened. <laughs> that's just that's the whole moral. That's what I'm going with. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what happened today. Oh, I really don't want to be bothered, but y'all niggas is dead wrong, and Straight I'm not, up. and I'm mad funny. I'm wild funny, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wild funny. Like, I, like I, I clown my nigga. I, I really would do. choose to leave y'all niggas alone. But y'all don't want, because there's mad more shit I got, pause. i like, <laughs> I'd rather just not even fuck with y'all because it's not even fun. It's like picking on niggas when it come to like clowning niggas. So, it's on them. Uh, hopefully they just leave me the fuck alone, bro. <laughs> to be continued. Mm -hmm. uh, the current state of the league, LeBron, KD, <coughs> Steph, some of these guys getting older. You think the league is in a good position right now? league is in a great position. It's about, you know, we was talking about that as well. It's like, to me, who wants to be like the next Jordan LeBron? Who wants to step up? It's great players, uh, but I'm trying to I'm trying to think. That's a great question. I'm trying to think how to put it. Like, 
do Giannis want that? Do Who wants Joe, to be next? Pass yeah. the torch. Yeah, does Anthony Edwards? Did, you know, you, you know, Jason, you know, um, Jason Tatum, Booker, Jason Tatum, Booker, um, Joel Embiid, Luca. You know, it's a lot. You know, and of course Anthony Edwards too. But you gotta want it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You gotta want that. You gotta be like, yo, this this mine. You know what I'm saying? Like, as much as uh, as much as he never be Jordan. But when Allen Iverson walked in the league, he like, yo, I'm here, nigga. Like, you know what I'm saying? Every where, night. Yeah, where's that at? Where's like, yo, yo, this is my dance floor too. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. where's that at? And I'm not mad at players having camaraderie and being cool and everything else, but y'all niggas know. Y'all niggas, I ain't speak to my niggas for weeks if I lost the niggas and they might have been niggas my I friend. Niggas I hung with. We yeah, could, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Nigga, beef from a Kobe and all type of shit. Y'all niggas know, like, I'm not saying go out there and start beating niggas up, but where's the niggas who's mad that they didn't lose? I mean, that they lost. Yeah, they lost. You know what I'm saying? Niggas be up there smiling, yo, yo, it's been great. Nah, nigga. Trading jerseys and shit. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Let me ask y'all a question real quick. Who do you think is the best American player? We just just asked uh, LaMarcus Aldridge that question last. Oh, okay. Yeah, we said shooter though, but the best no, no, American, best American player. player right now, current, um, I think with LeBron stepping away soon, I think it's Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. Right now, at this moment, is Jason Tatum? I think so. I think so. I think Anthony Edwards and Booker in that conversation, but I think they still about his stuff right now. I'm going best American right now, player right now. Right now. No, yeah. right this very second. Yeah, Steph Curry. Yeah. I want Steph Curry. Good point. That's why I brought him up. He just threw, didn't even right. throw stuff in there. Bro. I forgot because I'm thinking older. <laughs> yeah, like I'm yeah, thinking yeah. next. Yeah, yeah next. no, no. I'm talking yeah. about tonight. The current, right yeah. Now. Yeah. yeah, Steph. Yeah. He three. got another three, four years. Three, three four, five years. Three. three at the most. Was he? I think Steph. I, I, I was just he about to say two, that he gonna cruise one. I just, I just, I think. I give Steph four more years. And if, if if niggas help him, nobody's yeah, helping the niggas. Bro, hey, so Michael, I got a question. Got, I, got a, I got a question for you. Some as, responsibility yeah. though, as, a, as a fan of the game and, and, and understanding the sport, if you're in a position of, of Golden State's management, do you ride the respect wave with, with Draymond and Clay until Steph is done, or do you try to put the best team out there possible until Steph is done, m- meaning that you may have to trade a Draymond or a Clay Thompson? I think that's why they general manager left last year because he don't want to be in that position. Mm, tough call. You know what I'm saying? Nigga, like, man, this is That's good, fun, Cam. Man. Yeah. Yo, like, you on your shit, boy. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's good. Yeah, like, that's good. Said, that's good right there. That nigga said, I don't want to be the one to do this shit. I'm leaving, man. So, Man, come in this yeah. motherfucking space and make these niggas respect you, yeah, Cam. Come on with this shit, man. That was, a hot, that was a hot take you just yeah, said, bro. I ain't yeah. never heard nobody say it like that. Yeah, that was dope. A, yeah, that's a fact because that nigga, you know, that nigga, I, I ain't saying he capping when KD towards a kid, he's crying and shit. I think he genuinely fucks with that whole crew, but he know tough decisions are about to have to be made, and he like, I don't want to be the one to do it, so he stepped down. As far as the new, yeah, that's a fact, but as far as the new uh, general man's concerned, look, the way it's looking now, my opinion, to answer your question, it's about money. Everything. No, when I say about money, Clay, you don't look like you getting no max, nigga. <laughs> this don't look good, bro. This do not look good, bro. If they didn't it give it to Jordan, they ain't gonna it, get- yeah, that's what I'm saying. But you know, it ain't it ain't this. It ain't what you did yesterday. Is what you gonna do for me next? 
And I know Clay want a max contract or at least close to the max, but only nigga playing max basketball go to state is is Steph Curry. You know, you got to realize, even though it was a fucked up situation as far as the footage getting out, as far as Draymond uh, snuffing Jordan Poole or whatever, they just gave that nigga like 130 for Chris Paul. As much as I think, you know, we give Chris Paul a hard time and so, but I fuck with Chris Paul. But you give away your future because the chemistry or the camaraderie in the locker room wasn't right. You know, that nigga, him and Andrew Wiggins, that was the two niggas hanging out all the time because they was of that age group of the younger players that wasn't there for the first couple of championships that they went to. Um, I, to me, the answer question, I think they gonna ride with these niggas till the wheels falls off. I don't know if that's smart or not, but I think that's where ownership is at. I think that's where the Steve Kerr is at. And honestly, new management. Um, would I do it? I don't know. It's about how much I could get Clay for right now. He still got time to turn it around, though. He, he still, and that's the only thing, right? He still got time to turn it around. It's early in the I'm season. I'm a Clay fan. Listen, I'm not sitting here bad mouth for nowhere. You ask me a question, I'm telling you. Yeah, I do it on my show. I know niggas be mad, but you got to tell the truth, bro. And niggas just got twenty. Yo, been I think three games ago is the first time somebody got more than twenty. Besides Steph Curry, it's the first 15, 16 games. Nobody got more than 20 points on the Golden State Warriors, mm-hmm. which is absolutely Crazy. fucking ridiculous, bro. We had three 20-point scorers when we were there. Yeah, but I'm saying for the first 15 games, nobody gets 20 points besides Steph Curry. Clay, I like Clay. I think his injuries fucked up his defense because he's a good two-way player. You know, uh, and now it's starting to get mental when you're a shooter. That shit could get really mental, and you're not knocking shots down. Now you got niggas talking. Like last year, uh, when he came back off injury, Clay Clay act like he don't pay attention, but he pay attention. You know, he get mad at Charles Barkley and, uh, you know, Kenny Smith and them niggas up there because they'll say something about him. You're like, damn, give me a chance to get back in rhythm. Fuck them niggas. Focus on what you got to do to get back to where you at. A lot of players act like they not listening, but niggas be listening. Oh, they listen. Yeah, they and, listen. and right they now, listen. to me, my personal opinion, I'm a Clay fan. I think whatever injuries he had is fucking up his lateral movement because he was one of the best defensive players in the league at the time, and now he's not. You know, even last year when he's getting all that shit in Memphis, you know, you let them niggas get under his skin. You throwing up the four rings at niggas. You let Devin Booker get under your skin. You letting these young niggas get under your skin. And they want your spot, nigga. They want your spot, nigga. You got you got something them niggas want. So I think you got to get Clay at a discount. Y'all are right. There's plenty of basketball left. But at this rate, it ain't going to happen. Hopefully he does change, turn it around. Though. Hopefully he does. Quick hitters. First thing to come to mind, let us know. Uh, top five NYC hoopers of all time. Ever? Can we throw Carmelo and Jordan in there? <laughs> 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 he said, when it's convenient, huh? Yeah. Um, y'all go with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar first. Um, Tiny Archibald second. Yes, sir. Um, Tiny Archibald. Um, Stephon Marbury, I would go. Somebody ain't thinking about. It's somebody I'm not thinking about. Where was but Bernard King from? He wasn't from New York, was he? I don't know if he? he's from New York or not. Oh. Yeah. Mm. It don't got to be NBA. It could be anybody. No, nah, anybody. Oh, uh, shit. I've never seen Pee Wee play, so, but I'll be hearing about them. You know, they his his legend stories be out of control. They got this doc coming out. Yeah, it's just be crazy. Um, Dr. J. Dr. J. He's from Long Island. Yeah, Dr. J. Um, 
I never seen Earl Manigault play neither. Um, so who I got? Stephon Marbury, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Tiny Archibald. Tiny Archibald. Dr. J. Dr. J. And I would go with fucking, I'll go with Ali Mo just because yes, he Yes, please. So, yeah, yeah. Man, that's one of my favorite, yeah, that's, that's my favorite basketball players. Yeah. Uh, he could do it all. Yeah. Who's your childhood crush? Childhood crush. I too. Um, we say child like it could be 12, 13. Yeah, yeah. So Teenage I, yeah. years. So, so for, I'll tell you a real quick story. So I, I love Holly Berry, right? So one day I'm at the this is I, I was just getting a record deal. So I, we just got finished playing basketball in LA. And I was sweaty. We was in a 15 passenger van. I wasn't playing like trying to go to league. We were just playing ball. I'm at the ATM and niggas is like, yo, it's Holly Berry next to you. I got no haircut. I'm got no shirt on. I'm like, yo, let me talk to you real quick. <laughs> She's like, no, 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 no. You have to relax. I'm like, hear me out, hear me out. So she walked into her car mad fast. And I'm following her. But this, I had a cassette tape. My promo was cassette tapes at the time before CDs came out. So I'm like, at least let me just give you my tape. So she rolled the window down this much. There was a nigga in the passenger seat. <laughs> Laid back, I slid, I slid the shit through there, and gave him my fucking uh, my promotion. It wasn't my albums, one of them shits. We got like the snippet songs on the there. Dak. So, yeah, so I gave her that shit. So like six years later, I'm platinum and all this other shit. I'm at the American or Music American or Music Awards, and I'm in there with Mad Niggas, Nelly in there. I'm in there with fucking Tyson Beckford, Lorenz Tate, Lorenz Tate. All these people coming up to me, Cam, I love you. So Lorenz Tate, like, yo, my nigga, I fuck with you, nigga. You one of my favorite. Yo, you my nigga, yo. I, I, for years, you know I was me in the passenger seat with Holly when you slid the joint <laughs> there. I said, that was you, my nigga? So I sent the bitch to the ATM, go grab a couple dollars, and she don't know, I grabbed the CD out the bitch here, and I was, you don't know what the fuck this is. I said, <laughs> Yo, nobody else knows this story. That was fucking. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, <laughs> bro. Tate, that's yo, that shit was crazy, wild. dog. <laughs> then then my, my second one was Janet Jack Me. My second crush. Janet Jack Me. Porn star. Yeah. Porn star. Yeah. Yeah. Got Janet off mad night stuff, Janet Jack Me, when I was little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, man. shit. My two. How did you spend um, not not street money when you first got your first big music money? How would you spend that first check on? Bought my grandmother a Rolex. I ain't even buy no house or nothing. I just bought my. I'll stay on my grandma for a while. I bought a Rolex and some earrings. That's the first thing I bought. For, I bought myself anything. First thing you do in the morning. Last thing you do at night. Um, first thing I do in the morning. Is, uh, brush my teeth and drink some tea. Uh, turn on sports to see what's going on, and then. At night, I smoke some weed and listen to music and shit. Try to vibe out, catch a vibe. If there ain't no girls around. Yeah. Five definitely try and get girls, definitely. <laughs> First and foremost. Every night before anything else. Uh, five dinner guests, dead or alive. You plus five at the dinner table. At, at the dinner table? Um, I go you know, I go with people that I didn't meet that I want to meet. I haven't met. I want to have Eddie Murphy. I'm a, a big Larry David fan. Larry Dave's like my favorite nigga. Um, 
Damn, y'all some good questions. Um, you like hey, you like sarcastic niggas. Larry David. Yeah, he, he's nigga, the king nigga. of sarcasm. I'm Larry David, like yo, that, like nigga, that's the only nigga I would fucking fan out. That nigga's fucking <laughs> hilarious, yo. Super hilarious. Um, who else would I slam with? Because like, I kind of met everybody I want to meet. Um, who's some cool niggas? That's cool. I don't really know a lot of cool niggas. Pick, I'm pick, so- pick, pick somebody that's 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 dead that you would want to have dinner with. Um, who's dead? Like, well, I'll pick niggas I love, like my cousin Bloodshed or Big L, mm-hmm. um, and Biggie Smalls. I, yeah. I would say that. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. all. Right. That's a good one. And my mom, yeah. Mom, mm-hmm. yes, sir. rest in peace. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. One guess: Who would you like to see on All the Smoke? But, but you have to help us get your answer on the show. Explain that. Who would you like to see on All the Smoke? Right. But but you have to help us get your answer on the show. So somebody you know, somebody in your phone. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, my answer, mm-hmm. I'm going to get on the show. Yeah. I'm not going to say Mace because Mace going Mace gonna to treat y'all like the deeds. And he going to treat y'all like your investigation. We gonna, <laughs> I can't, I'm not talking about that. Uh, you got to get somebody like an open book. Um, did y'all have Jada Kiss yet? Yeah, we had Jada Kiss. Yeah, Jada Kiss. Yeah, um, Kiss. Yeah, Kiss is fucking... Kiss is an underrated funny No, he's funny. Nigga. Super funny nigga. Um, I've been in the studio with him. Yeah, Kiss, nah, that's a funny, because his personality sometimes doesn't come across. Uh, OJ Simpson. Ooh. The juice. Yeah. The juice. Yeah. We got to clear with? Us. But we ain't cleared it with nobody. We own this shit. What the fuck you mean? But you know he said he can't come to LA because he might be sitting to the next to the nigga that did it. So we have to do it. We have to do it somewhere else. We have to do it somewhere else. Hey, look. Look, look I gave y'all an answer and a number in my phone. That's what yeah, you got, We own it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we appreciate that. The juice. Hey, two things before we get out of here. One, we want to do a collab show with y'all somewhere yes, on tour. Yeah, make some money. Kill it. Let's you know, go get you know, it. What it is is that, like, we still be having shows and shit. Like on the weekends, we still be booked. Like Mace had a show this weekend, and uh, that's why he could. We wanted to do the collab with y'all this weekend, but I knew y'all was in town for the for the NBA shit, so I didn't want to miss the opportunity. So, especially me and this nigga talk all the time. And uh, be giving each other information back and forth. So I ain't never want to seem like I ain't want to never sit down with y'all niggas. So I made it my business to stay. Appreciate it, bro. Nah, you already know. I would have. I would have went home too uh, this weekend because sometimes we got shows and we still book. Like, and Mace's booked this weekend. But as soon as possible, it might gotta be. Uh, I would say uh, probably towards the end of January because. May's still gonna be on is what it is, but he he's gonna be via satellite. He has uh he's going on tour in Australia for uh three weeks in um January. Right. Right. Oh, Shout out Mace too. Oh yeah, I ain't going. I'm saying I ain't getting paid. Mace Mace is going on tour. The yes, price of the money. <laughs> I'm unreasonable too, my my price. This nigga had a driver for his mate. Yeah, I, I be, I be, but y'all niggas be gonna work it out for sure. Hey, I hey, definitely hey. were good. Go. I'm, I'm, I'm the you over here on this side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, trust me, yeah. I'm you over here. Yeah. Trust me, that's a fact. But yeah, if it makes sense, that, yeah. absolutely. You gotta realize Australia like a 25 hour plane yeah. ride. Yeah, yeah so yeah, no, you going for three minutes. Listen, hey. let me tell you, Mason's unreasonable. Y'all don't realize. <laughs> Mace make a lot of money outside of this show. The mm-hmm. show we doing, that nigga, 
Mm -hmm. He's on Zoom calls every day, you know. Uh, the God, God has blessed him. Yeah, I'll say yeah. that for a fact. He, 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 he's trending right now, and so he just dropped the, um, on the concert he had last night. Yeah. He did a uh, dope freestyle. Okay. And it's all it's blowing up right now. Yeah. I think it may still could fuck a couple, a, a couple names and disses he threw in, that, in the freestyle. Yeah. I, I, and it's jamming, too. I know what he talking about when them cameras ain't on. I already know what's going on. But yeah, yeah. But yeah if y'all figure it out and get me to Australia, cool. But I'm, I'm not. I'm not we could do somewhere in the states. Go. Yeah, Australia yeah, is fine yeah. to do a show. But, yeah. but before we get you out of here, man, we just wanted to give you your flowers, man. Like no, what you guys, guys have been man. able to do. Thank you. Obviously, you, your music career speaks for itself. What you did and in, in, in the stance you made in that, but your crossover into this space and you brought a new angle, some new energy, some new shit talking, some shit that everyone could really turn into tune into and the shit that we're really saying like we can't say some of the shit y'all say and right. we off the hook so right. no, we appreciate, appreciate y'all being no, able to like come I through said, and make a lane for it no like I said I, I watched you guys before we even thought about doing this and I'm like this is dope shit but like oh, that, what's the money like that was always what I used to think yeah. about I'm like yo cause I'm not talking just y'all I'm like yo I didn't never know what was going on in this space and I'm like Oh, I don't it's know. a lot of people just turning mics on, bro. It is. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing about it. It's 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 right now. It's a fucking mad quantity over quality. Yes. And I'm in the quality. But thank you guys for yeah. doing what you're doing and making me want to do what Appreciate I'm doing. It. Thank Appreciate you. you, bro. But thank you, man. That's a wrap right there. The one and only Cam Killer, Killer Cam. Man, man, you can thank catch you. this. You know where you can catch this, and we're gonna see y'all next week. All the smoke productions. At Bed Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play—from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed Three Six Five. Twenty-one plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call one eight hundred GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Bang! 
Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL Schedule Release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.